so I wanted to do these episodes in one take, but it looks like I've been getting a lot of call-ins, and the call-ins are specific to the RPG A Day 2021 podcast that I'm putting out. So I'm going to be including call-ins based on these podcasts or referring to these podcasts and then doing my one take. So I guess it's a change. We have to adapt. And uh, here we go. Carl, I am, this is BJ, I am not an expert on medieval weapons by any means. I just know as, as a fan of <laughs> fantasy and, and, and medieval stories, kind of I have limited knowledge, but I think it's obvious to anybody that the spear is definitely superior to the, the sword. Um, and it does not get enough love in Dungeons and & Dragons and, and related role-playing games for sure. Um, it's always something I, I wish I could get a good house rule to correct that. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that was, I, I completely agree. Also, as I said, I'm not an expert on medieval weapons, but one thing I am familiar with is being lazy. And I think just from practically, nobody wants to carry a spear around when they can wear a sword, you know, on a baldric. Uh, and not have to carry it and have their hands free. And I know that from just being lazy. So you may want to take this to your main podcast. Just listen to your throne episode. Um, oh, the music's death clock. But getting back to the, the episode, as far as the Game of Thrones goes, I mean, I'm not big into the whole social thing and different faction play and all that because I'm not an imaginative person. So I don't know that that would overly interest me. But I'm curious. So if that was... Were you playing multiple characters? Was each player a house with multiple characters? Or did they only have one PC each? And if the player who quit had just the one PC and they lost social combat, so they drank poison and died, which is the equivalent of being in combat, you know, it's like failing your death save. So it's no different than that game mechanic. But what was the plan to bring that player back in the game if they only had one PC? Hi Carl, this is Barney. I'm just leaving this message to say that I think it's really, really great that you've started a podcast. Um, the my my terrible confession is that I haven't managed to get into listening to it yet. So I keep seeing the episodes stacking up, and I keep thinking, because ah, I really wanted to just start from the beginning. So I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to that moment of when I when I get in the get that time get you know what I mean you know what I'm talking about but I think it's great that you've got a podcast and I'm really excited to get into listening to it and uh, that's that's all I hope all's well bye bye Hey Barney of Loco Ludus thank you for the call and the encouragement I hope to keep this up and your message is apropos to the topic I want to talk about for today's RPG a day 2021 podcast and that is flavor so I had the opportunity a fantastic opportunity to play with you in your League of Eternal Guardians game the game that you're playtesting and developing and what I liked about it it was a different 
flavor of game that I'm used to. And I'm going to contrast that with another game that I played in earlier this week, which was Warhammer Fantasy 2nd Edition of, as part of the, as seen on the Dungeon Using YouTube channel. And the contrast is, is interesting because it does present different flavors of games. Whereas the Warhammer Fantasy is a grounded world, the game system is procedural, and it is a very serious-minded game. The game that I played with you in League of Eternal Guardians with, your, uh, with the group that played was very narrative and freeform and flavorful and not as serious, I would say. And I don't know if that depends on the players or the system or that's what you're going, you were going for, Barney. And I hope you're not offended. But both games, the great thing is that it doesn't matter what flavor it is or it didn't matter what flavor it was with regards to this game and the Warhammer Fantasy game. But they were both fun. So first I'll talk about the Warhammer Fantasy game and a recap of that. And then about uh, League of Eternal Guardians. <clears throat> so the Warhammer Fantasy is a continuing game. It's set in Bretonia. I play a dwarvish rogue type who is actually has as gambler for his career. And when last we met, there was a big flood in the, the city that we're, we're in, Lanjou. It's a port coastal city in the country of Bretonia in the old world. And uh, we found uh, dead bodies, dead bodies of mutants. We tracked down where the bodies may have come from to this abandoned uh, row house. And in the row house, we found that they had prisoners. And this session, we freed them. We found out they were from a nearby town, and we decided collectively as a group to take them back to their town. Um, a lot of the time in the game was spent searching around for things. We found some coin. We took care of the prisoners. There's a lot of learning about the fate, what, what happened to the prisoners and their role and in the country or at their estate. Um, so we had, like I said, we decided to take them. There was some procedure about traveling, some procedure about buying equipment and getting that ready, and a lot of information dump on um, what obligations there were between nobles and peasants in this world the local politics, both in this town and in the town and the city and in the town that they were from. So we drove them over there. It was pretty uneventful. We stayed the night at a, at a coach house slash coach inn slash tavern uh, where my character uh, gambled. That's what he does. He's a gambler and he won some money, but we didn't really muddy over all those details. It's just a series of roles or the GM asked, what are you doing? This is what I'm doing. Here's a roll to see how it goes, um, which was pretty good. Move things along. And then we ended up in the town. The townsfolk were very, the town was definitely run down. We thought these peasants were in a bad way because they were captured. But no, these peasants were in a bad way because, I don't know, I, we don't feel that the Lord is doing their duty. And these peasants did look malnourished and starved. So the, they're all glad to see them. Um, their families are. But then, a dark cloud comes on the horizon and we see the Lord of the land come in with men at arms. <clears throat> he accuses the peasants of running away, which is, would be, you know, basically skirting on their obligation in the serfdom 
setup of this game. So, and then the, our nobleman tried to talk his way out of it. It didn't quite work. That noble looked over our noble and said, and said basically, or accused us of being bandits. So basically, it looks like there's going to be a big fight. I don't see a way out of this. Uh, we might have to run. Um, it's six on six to seven on three right now. Um, I don't know if the peasants would rise up. Probably not. Um, hopefully, another character joins us and can ride in and save the day. But uh, we're just things do not look good. And I mean, honestly, I guess I'll get my character seriously, and this I guess is a serious flavor of the game, will go down fighting before he is, allows himself to be captured and hung. Because then that would be a really, honestly, shitty end to a pretty cool game and setting. So hopefully it doesn't go that way and it goes in our favor, but we will see. Now contrast that to the, um, what, what I played with Barney and Loco Ludus, the Loco Ludus podcast uh, that is. And we're playing his game that he is working on and playtesting the League of Eternal Guardians. And he has a, a short document, PDF document, um, on how to make characters. So he made characters, and I decided on a protector who is a guardian who can basically hold, impede uh, the eldritch evils that we are up against. We are, I guess, the Eternal Guardians, we are um, basically... Uh, eternal immortal heroes that travel through time and space and universe and stop Eld eldritch evil from gaining a foothold so my character i came up with an idea pretty quickly as a protector and i decided to basically make uh titus polo slash edward teach slash ray stevenson um who type so basically in my mind titus polo was real uh the eldritch evil uh different from the so Titus Pullo is a character, actually he's mentioned in uh, Caesar's Gallic Wars very briefly as a hero in those wars, but uh, the directors, screenwriters of Rome took Titus Pullo and his centurion buddy Varinus and made them like this great pair of, of legionaries who just get caught up in the history of everything. And Varinus eventually dies, succumbs to his wounds after they do a, a brave rescue on presumably Caesar's heir, Caesarian. Um, but in Titus, what happened in Titus's reality is that some eldritch evil um, killed Varinus even as they rescued Caesar's heir um, from basically being killed by Octavian. I guess that's, I don't know if that's what really happened. Anyway, it's pretty, it, Rome is very, it's a side note, Rome is a very interesting series, and it's well worth watching if you have not. Unfortunately, Barney did not get my my reference, which harkens back to some things I heard on uh, Shea Webster's Roleplay Rescue podcast um, about maybe we got to describe things a little better and not use allusions to media uh, or media references, because not everyone gets them, because uh, Barney didn't get the that Ray Stevenson was the actor Titus Polo in Rome or the actor Edward Teach Blackbeard in Black Sails. So, uh, oh, well, it was lost on him. Maybe it was lost on the other players. I don't care because that's what I made and it was fun. So I have, we are, so in this reality, he sent us in after we made our characters. And there's a, a three other characters playing. One guy who decided he was going to be the historical Miguel Cervantes. Uh, one guy who was a uh, 
just a regular dude named Bob and the other guy who was Scoop the Rapper. So it was a very, as you can already tell, it's going to be crazy and hilarity did ensue. So uh, we are we go to this uh, animal theme animal park, like a zoo that's in a Spanish-speaking country, and uh, we're trying to track down this eldritch evil. Uh, my character and Miguel Cervantes split off from Bob and Scoop, and uh, we we both manage to get into the park the way we do, either through negotiation or stealing a golf cart like they did, and uh, we're driving around. Uh, they drive to a reptile house and have some shenanigans there. And actually, they did a good thing and distract all the people so they'd get away from the Eldritch Evil, which we discovered was at the birdhouse. And eventually, we confronted um, this crazy, I guess he called it a spindolopteryx. Um, and it's, min it's kind of cultist minions who had, were mutating into birds and screeched and had a sort of hive mind. So Ray Steven, this was so basically Titus Pillow was his, in his incarnation as Ray Stevenson, I had a short sword, did a lot of fighting, fighting, and it seems that the fighting is pretty freeform. Uh, unlike a strict procedure like you have in Warhammer Fantasy, uh, in Barry's game, it seems uh, there's really no no set initiative, and you just uh, Barry asked us what we wanted to do, and he had the Eldritch Evil and its minions act um, back and forth. Uh, so I think we went first, and then it went. It didn't seem so, and we decided to tell him what we wanted to do. He decided what kind of abilities we would use. And the, the cool thing about the system, if you haven't had a chance to play in Barry Dicker's system, this one in particular is very is easy. It's a d6 roll. You want to roll low. You want to roll equal to or below your ability on a d6 scale of that particular ability. So, for example, uh, my character was really good at at forceful actions but not so good at stealth so these are like in contrast um, on a d6 scale so i have like a one in stealth or um, skulldudgery and a five in force right for example and i also is pretty interesting that miguel cervantes for example had a five in range combat and a one in melee combat and ray St titus slash teach slash ray stevenson was uh one in range combat and a five in in a melee combat and there are definitely some, it was a really fun play test. And it was a really fun, great group of guys with Scup. Actually, when he used his power to impede the Eldritch Evil, basically had a rap. The player had a rap mid-session, like freeform, which I thought was pretty neat too. So like I said, at the beginning of this, and I'll wrap it up, flavor is going to be different styles and contrasts of games. Serious not so serious but they're both fun and i think that's the bottom line is that uh, we have so many games that we can play and so many options that we have and sometimes you want to be zany and crazy and sometimes you got to be serious so that's it for today flavor so have a good time having different flavors in your rpg games and we'll talk to you soon and speaking of flavor, our buddy Joe Richter has an opinion on yesterday's podcast. Thank you, Joe. All flavors are appreciated or not. That's the way it goes. And just to add to that, yeah, um, 
shoot, they've tried what other fantasy thing have they tried that I've liked, but not as big as production or in a big broadcasting studio. I guess they're doing Shadows and Bone on Netflix, which could be considered big, but they try to do um, the Shannara stuff on, I think, I don't know if it's the CW or something like that. And I thought the first season was good. I don't know if there's a second season. It's hard to tell. But um, if you could give me some suggestions, I can contact my people and uh, see what they can do. Hey, Carl, this is my least popular and probably least surprising RPG-related opinion. I do not like Game of Thrones. To be fair, I've never seen the TV show. I've seen bits and pieces of episodes. But I have read all the books and the little side stuff that have come out as of time of recording. And I just find them so boring. I, they were just a chore for me to get through. Uh, yeah, and I just, it bums me out because I, I can think of so many other fantasy series that if it, they were given the money and production values that HBO gave to Game of Thrones, they would have been equal or more popular and a much better and more interesting introduction into the world of fantasy to the masses. But yeah, I don't know, man. You know, Game of Thrones has titties and incest, and that's why it was so popular. <laughs> anyway, man, peace out.